there. Welcome back. I'm Karen Hall, your host of the Hero Within podcast. I'm passionate about sharing inspiring true stories of unsung heroes who've overcome some of life's most challenging adversities. Come along with me and learn how you too can find hope and healing to return to love. Today in part one, we hear from my good friend, Christina Driscoll, who graduated from Pacific Lutheran University and worked as a financial advisor in pension consulting. She's also the host of the podcast, She's Brave. Christina shares with us her journey of overcoming the obstacles in her life. From her father, Christina learned optimism, the comfort of prayer, and the truth that God conspires in our favor. From her mother, Christina learned to be a good friend, to be a giver, and the power of prayer. Christina shares the gifts she gained from her divorce and about raising her young son while caring for her husband with early-onset Alzheimer's. And now, let's hear from Christina. I'd like to welcome our guest today, Christina Driscoll. She's the host of She's Brave podcast and Christina is very brave, and she herself has had some amazing experiences in her life, and I can't wait for you to get to know her like I do. I'm so grateful for her friendship. And so, Christina, if you could share with us a little bit about your early life, about your mom and dad, and about growing up, and and tell us a little bit about you. Oh, thank you, Karen. Thank you so much for having me on your show today. You and I have grown to be good friends, and we both share a very strong faith. So, you know, no one has ever asked me about my childhood, I don't think, but I was raised Lutheran, and probably the most significant time for my faith journey was when I was 14. So we really extensively studied the Bible And I remember the day of confirmation into the Lutheran Church. The pastor that I grew up with, he was almost like a second dad to me. And he actually married me when I married my husband, Bill. So I grew up in Vancouver, BC. It's interesting, Karen, because again, I haven't shared this. I briefly became an atheist in college, which I think is not all that uncommon. Right. Because you're really questioning a lot of things about your faith, and does it make sense? And as I was really searching, and I took a class at Pacific Lutheran University by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He was a minister during the time of the Nazis, and he actually was executed. Mm -hmm. Um, But he wrote some amazing books on his faith, and I gained my faith back because it all made sense to me. The main thing that Dietrich Bonhoeffer said was that God works through other people a lot. And I I just hadn't heard that. So sometimes you think it's just a coincidence. I'll give you a great example, Karen. Yesterday, I was getting a pedicure. My son is 19. He's on a gap year. And sometimes it's hard to be a parent and we don't know what to do. And the woman who sat next to me, her kids are a little bit older. She has this incredible faith. She and I just hit it off. She helped me so much. I had been thinking literally the day before, I need a new friend and I need a friend who can kind of guide me through this phase of being a parent. And I literally said to her, God sent you. And she agreed. 
And I think when I was young, I kind of didn't notice or realize that those things that we think are coincidences are really God working through our life. Right. It is amazing how you can even just have a a prayer in your heart when you're just longing for something. And the Lord hears that and he orchestrates things. And I've had that happen with my own experience too. So growing up, I wonder if you could tell us what characteristics you feel like you have gained from each of your mom and dad. So with my dad, he is ever the optimist, and he really believes that God is always helping us. And so I feel like I have that incorporated in me, that God conspires in our favor, that everything that happens to us is in our favor, and that God is helping us. He's just such a beautiful optimist. So if I'm ever really down, just call dad. He's almost 90, and he cracks me up. My mother, she has always been a huge giver, and she's always had a million friends, and she's always the first one to help and serve others. Mm. She's a huge prayer warrior. She's always been in a prayer group and continues that to this day. So I think from her, I have learned to be a good friend and to really be there for people when they need me and to incorporate prayer in our lives every day because my mother is 100% that person. Wow. So as you were growing up and left home, what was the first trial that you really went through where you maybe relied on some of those characteristics of the optimism or your faith? So my first year of college, so I switched dorms halfway through the year and quickly discovered that my new roommate was so incredibly difficult to live with that her former roommate left. I remember praying a lot and really being comforted by prayer. And God brought in my best friend, who is still one of my best friends, and her name is Marilee Scott. I'm going to have her listen to this interview. She lives in Denver now. She is just such a huge blessing in my life. So we both had difficult roommates, and we just got through it together. And then we were roommates for the rest of college, and we're still friends, what, 35 years later. And she had her kids a little bit before me. It's just been such an amazing friendship. Oh, that's such a gift. And to be praying and needing help, I had some really difficult roommates. And I was so lonely, and I was far away from home, and I was praying, Lord, please bless me with a good friend. And he did. And we've been friends all through college and was a wonderful example. And to have a friend that long, I love the fact that she knows my whole history. I don't have to explain everything to her. (laughs) Yeah, I feel the same way. You have to have a couple of friends like that. It's just so awesome. And you can call them up. And they already know everything. So you can just talk about whatever you want to talk about. Right. Well, so tell me, what are some of the turning points that you went through? I married my college sweetheart, and he was really, really controlling. He was a couple years older, and it was a long-distance romance. He was headed off to graduate school. So we got married, and I was really unhappy, and I kept trying to fix it. Ironically, I worked with my ex-husband's former high school girlfriend. She and I became really great friends. I invited her over for dinner, and I was scrambling around like I always do. And next day, she pulled me aside, and she said, Christina, I'm really concerned about you because he's just criticizing you constantly. Mm. And it was just nonstop all night long. And she said, and that's in front of a guest. 
So what is happening when a guest isn't around? That was a huge turning point for me. I ended up realizing that why I was feeling deeply depressed. It's really the only time I was depressed. I don't think depression really is a thing for me, but I kept thinking it was me, but it was actually the way I was being treated that was making me feel depressed. So I left that marriage and actually went to a Lutheran counselor, and I really worked hard on trying to figure out why I chose this man, because I didn't want to make the same mistake. Right. And so I learned a ton, a ton about myself. And I've, I've never gone back down that road of being with someone who was just really critical like that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was a gigantic turning point for me because I began self-introspection. I began reading tremendously any and every book that I could on self-help and psychology and connecting with God, growing closer with God. I have worked on that my entire life, and it feels good. It feels right. What did you learn about yourself when you were going through the counseling stage? One of the most important things I learned was just, it sounds so basic, but this was, of course, before the internet, but identifying red flags mm-hmm. when you're dating. And if the guy does this and this and this, then this is not a good fit for you. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure that influenced you greatly moving forward. It did. I feel like I transformed for the next six years. I worked really hard on myself. I did morning prayer and meditation I read voraciously and just became a stronger person, more self-aware too. Yeah, you know, yeah. I think that when we're children and through our teens and sometimes even into our 20s, we're not necessarily very self-aware. And there's just a moment in time when we realize that God has given us the key to the car and we get to drive it. We get to decide what kind of life we're going to live. Yeah. So when you were studying self-help and things, were there some little nuggets that you kind of held on to that become part of you? Yeah, so there's one that I still use to this day. It's by Louise Hay. When you're feeling anxious or worried, you say, all is well, all is working out for my highest good. Out of this experience, only good will come, and I am safe. Amen. You can say it as a prayer, knowing that God is with you and guiding you. That was huge in my life. I had a very, very stressful job starting in my mid-20s working in finance. Yeah, I've heard you say before, this is happening for me, not to me. That's a really interesting perspective because when you're not aware, it feels sometimes like it's happening to you. (laughs) Absolutely. And I still to this day will react that way until I can eventually get to a place of reminding myself that Everything in my life is a gift from God, and it's an opportunity for spiritual growth. Right. And it sounds like you can even see that with the divorce, that you can look at the gift. Absolutely. I feel like I became a much better wife for my marriage to Bill Driscoll, who has now deceased. Bill was so easy to love, but also I learned how to not sweat the small things. If you marry someone who is genuinely good and kind-hearted and they leave the cap off the toothpaste, I had learned to just appreciate my husband so much more for the man he was because I had that compare and contrast. Yeah. And I feel like I was a better wife like because I wasn't a big complainer. A lot of women have really amazing husbands, and yet they kind of take it for granted. Mm -hmm. I will never be that way again. 
That's the huge lesson I learned out of that first marriage. Oh, and what a powerful lesson to learn because it's so true when you don't know any different, it's easy to take something for granted. And mm-hmm. and for you to see that difference and to have him be so loving and you would be so grateful. You would be so much more grateful from the depth of your gratitude because mm-hmm. of what you had experienced. And so yep. that's another gift. Yep. And it's ironic because I feel like Bill was really the same with me, but for a whole different reason. He grew up in a little town in Wisconsin. People say that kindest people are from Wisconsin. I totally agree. His dad was a dry cleaner in a small town and they lived in a tiny house. He was the oldest of four children and they had one bathroom. Life was a little bit tough and he learned how to share and appreciate being the oldest. He had to pay his own way through college. And I feel like he kind of learned the same lesson of appreciation in a totally different way. Oh, two beautifully appreciative people together. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That doesn't happen all the time. (laughs) No, it doesn't. (laughs) Tell us, what was your next turning point that happened in your life? Well, I guess I would say that was when I met my husband, Bill. I had really been working on myself and I had joined a hiking club. I showed up at the trailhead at Mount Rainier and Bill Driscoll, who became my husband, was the hike leader. And I got out of the car and our eyes locked and there was just something there, really powerful. And I had enough confidence by that point, to elbow my way to the front of the line, because on Mount Rainier, when you're hiking, it's single file only. So you kind of have to elbow people out of the way. So I wanted (laughs) to get right behind him so I could get to know him because there was something there. And long story, I feel like we really looked at the world the same way. It was incredible. And the first time he took me out, he picked me up at six and dropped me off at 10. And I felt like it went by in the blink of an eye four hours went by like nothing. We were always that way. We could talk for hours because we both have really curious minds. So six months later, we were married. Wow. That's incredible. And he was 24 years older than me. But I think, Karen, nobody questioned it. I got married by my favorite minister, my childhood minister. We went up to Canada. I was like, he has to marry us. (laughs) And my husband had never been married. He just was waiting And he had told his family, I will know it when I know it. And the minute he saw me, he knew too. We had such a deep, strong connection. I never had anyone say, wow, he's quite a bit older than you. Or anyone say to him, well, she's a lot younger. We were just so good together. Tell us about your marriage. Yeah. God is always working in our favor. So we wanted to have a family right away. And it didn't happen, Karen. And I remember at the time... We tried naturally for a while, and and then finally we did get some fertility treatment. So our son was born pretty much four years after we got married. And looking back on that, when I was going through infertility for a couple of years, just naturally trying and not worrying about it too much, but it was like I was asking God, like, why? Why is this happening to me? Like, what is this, you know, how can this possibly be favorable for me? But looking back on it now, we had four magical years of just the two of us, Mm -hmm. like doing really fun things, hiking a lot. We live in Seattle. 
there's so much in the state of Washington and just doing some really fun things and having this amazing relationship for four years before our son came along. And as we both know, being parents, your relationship changes. It's a big shift and it's a hard mm-hmm. shift when you become a parent because it's so consuming, especially in the beginning. So everything was great until my husband developed early onset Alzheimer's when our son was five. And now I look back on that and go, I am so deeply grateful that I had four years just with Bill to just love each other and be together Mm -hmm. and have this amazing life together. And then we had five years with a child and then he began to get early onset Alzheimer's. But Karen, it's become a thing with me where I believe that everything is for my spiritual growth. And believe me, when I first got the diagnosis, (laughs) I wasn't thinking that. It can take months sometimes to get back to that place of, oh, yes, this is actually for my spiritual growth. But eventually I learned to develop and know and believe and embrace that this whole journey was for my spiritual growth too. Could you step back for just a moment? Because so many of our listeners are at that place where they're Mm -hmm. feeling that that sucker punch in the gut where Mm -hmm. something that they're dealing with some adversity in their life, and they're not thinking that it's a gift right now. They're feeling the pain. And so how did you deal with that when you were in that beginning stages? Yeah. So there's a couple of things that are really important to share, and they're deeply personal, but I think they're really important. One is denial. I think denial is a gift from God that sometimes we need when we first got the diagnosis, I would say I did nothing for at least six months to a year. And sometimes we deny things while we're still processing them, mm-hmm. and that's okay. So just trying to carry on with life as it's normal. But then I got very, very anxious. I was thinking too much about the future. God's gift to us is to live in the present. And if we try to live in the future, we get very, very anxious. So Mm -hmm. I was overcome with anxiety so much Mm -hmm. that I I wasn't sleeping really well. And I literally just walked to the emergency department in the little town that I was living in, in Oregon. And I love to tell this story because I think so many of us have been in this spot where mm-hmm. we're crippled with anxiety or or depression or we're we're just literally not functioning and i think it's perfectly okay to get help now in my life i am not ashamed to get help for anything and everything it's it's a good thing or so yeah so i went in and my friend's husband was on duty which i was horrified cuz he was a personal friend and he couldn't treat me because he knew me, but he still came in and peeked behind the curtain and said, I'm so glad you're here. I think that it's pretty normal that you're here. Like you're getting help. I'm really proud of you. And I think a lot of people would be in the same position as you because you have a child to raise and your husband is declining mentally Mm -hmm. and we're going to help you and everything's going to be okay. And so I'm a big advocate of using medicine when needed, and I'm a big advocate of therapy and was pretty much in therapy for 12 more years until my husband passed. I'm a huge advocate of it. I think you really need to find a good fit for therapists. I like to talk about this too, because I'm a person who needs a therapist who believes in God. I'm just going to mm-hmm. say it bluntly. Right. I cannot go to a therapist who doesn't incorporate the spiritual side of things. So whoever that is, and 
oftentimes you might have a therapist who isn't a good fit and then you think, oh, well, I'm not meant for therapy. That's not true. There's always a good fit and therapy is so beneficial. But I like to tell the story of if you're at rock bottom, you can do urgent care, you can do ER and they will get you the help that you need right away. You know, I got on sleep medicine and just amazing. I'm just a big advocate of asking for help. And you asked for help in your mid-20s, and you saw the benefit of that. First of all, you were very courageous to ask for help because a lot of times when you're young, you can be in denial and think, oh, I can just do it by myself or this will pass or it's not that bad or whatever. (laughs) And so for you to get help and see the benefit of that in your life, then I think your brain probably went back even subconsciously and thought, this helped me before. I can get help again and it'll be beneficial to me. And then to continue to have that support in therapy through those 12 years, Mm -hmm. because so many times life is so busy, it's hard to get continual support when you're going through a long-term trial like that. So what a beautiful gift for you. And to be able to sleep, (laughs) then you can cope better when you can sleep. You know, it's like the mama bear in us comes out too, where we realize that we have to get well and Mm. we'll do whatever it takes. And I just, I'm so glad that I feel like there's so much less stigma around mental health. And I think the more we talk about it, the less power it has over us. And I used to be ashamed of the fact that that happened. Mm -hmm. And now I feel like it was a gift and that I need to share it with anyone who needs to hear it, you know, to help them too. Oh, I loved what you said, though, about the mama bear came out and Mm -hmm. and you knew you had to get help because your son is so young and he needed his mother. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. I loved hearing about how Christina found the gifts in her challenges. Takeaways today include how she was able to return to her faith after becoming an atheist in college and how her faith continued to sustain her throughout her life. Christina saw the gifts in her divorce and how it blessed her to be more grateful and not take things for granted in her next marriage. Christina also saw the gift in her infertility after she remarried and then four years later was blessed with her precious son. Stay tuned for part two to learn more of the lessons Christina learned through her adversity. Thanks for listening. I know you're busy. Did you know that you help spread the love by leaving a review and following? This helps increase our visibility so people can find us online. I really appreciate your help. I'm wishing you lots of love in your own hero's journey.